I want to wake up in a city that never sleeps. Problematic neighborhood in all of New York, at least post pandemic, as seen on Substack, the New York Times, the Daily Beast, Vanity Fair, Vogue, Vulture, all those journalistic outlets which are known to meticulously cover the minds who write for journalistic outlets. Journalistic outlet writers are always on this like very special beat of what happens in their own heads. Heads? that are uniquely equipped to detect sinister fascist racist undercurrents of any scene that underappreciates journalistic outlet writers. Of any scene where the special talent of not being funny or interesting or smart or deep or brave or honest, but craving a reputation for all these things, falls on mostly deaf ears. Every dime, after all, seems like Hitler to the five who would be dime. And so, barely seen and barely heard, the journalistic outlet writer, or Zhao for short, crouches in the corner and takes notes. But, let's face it, it's not easy to take another Zhao's word for anything, so long ago I decided that I would investigate Dime Square for myself. See if I could maybe confirm all the rumors, see if perhaps I could uncover some new dark underpinnings of this sketchy milieu. I began a long, slow process of infiltration, beginning with group chats on Twitter, where through flattery and base ideation, I gained the confidence of key characters in the scene. And then last December, I went to New York uh, for the first time since the pandemic, to do some field work. Problem was I was thwarted by Omicron. Though I did meet many fascinating characters on that trip, New York was not yet itself in 2021, December. My investigation was delayed until this summer, where 
I made two trips to New York on my way to and from overseas, one month apart. Two pit stops in the Big Apple. And my investigation is now complete. I am prepared to expose Dime Square for what it really is. <laughs> it's in Chinatown. Uh, it's on Canal Street. It's a little triangle anchored by Candestino, a modest little bar which made its first appearance as a cafe in Lena Dunham's Girls, now a kind of Elaine's of the art ho who's read Huelbeck. Packed to the gills every night, the kind of person euphemistically known as a dime, which is a euphemism for being hot. Lots of really hot people in Dime Square. Tall, hot. And if that doesn't sound like a problem, it should. Because imagine sipping on some mules, talking about the royal family, and then you turn to the bartender to ask for one more. And from the corner of your eye, on the other side of the bar, you see a stranger. And he's hot. It could ruin your entire day. Because now you have to think about that person and how hot he is. And uh, you have to look at that person as much as you can. And what if your mother calls just then? And what if she hears that hang dog lull in your voice, uh, you know, uh, that slump shoulder, hello, mom, and you have to explain to her that, oh, it's nothing, it's nothing, it's nothing, and you just saw this really hot person at the bar. It gets worse. Because what if that hot person comes over and starts talking to you? And what if you realize that this dime, as it were, on top of everything, has cultural and artistic interests and is intelligent? And what if he or she or she is conservative in outlook? Not in a Sean Hannity intern manner or in a Ben Shapiro nasal talking points zinc manner, but in a worldly, cultured, attractive manner in a humorous manner, a funny manner, where, why, you might even feel free to say the unsayable to each other. Because what if, and this is where it gets really shady, what if, just like about everyone here, this hot person, this dime, is a fan of Red Scare, the podcast that is entirely responsible for the creation and popularity of Dimes Square, the cultural commentary show, which out of nowhere, out of a, or out of a little apartment down the street, amid the most frigid, censored, oppressive Soviet period in American history, invited you to a living room where, get this, you could talk to two brilliant women about anything. Talk to women about anything. And what if you realize that this is the engine of Dime Square? Like as if someone took everything about hipster 2010's Bushwick Dumbo Brooklyn, turned it inside out, made it good. What if you realize that, yeah, sure, 
there are posers here. There are there are suspicious people here. There are those, especially those scenester gays who, no matter how close they are to you or you are to them, always seem to be peering at you from behind a second-story window curtain. Mrs. Bates-style. Yeah, 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 there are all these types, of course. But other than that, what if you realize that you're Dimes Square Expose is that actually Dimes Square is good. And it's the Jows who are bad. And maybe it's the Jows we need to get rid of once and for all. Because aren't the journalistic outlet writers the real problem? I mean, don't we have a Jowish question on our hands here? The way every single article in the last 15 years since Gawker has made us more miserable? This miserly, morally vampiric, virtue-gluttonous tone onslaught that bit by bit sucked away our love of everything. Our love of real art, problematic. Our love of beauty, toxic. Our love of men and women, Jezebel. Our love of sports, Deadspin. Our love of video games, Gamergate. Our love of going outside and seeing people doing things, being with family on Christmas. COVID! What if it's possible that this latest rebirth of New York is not powered by the animosities and resentment of geriatric institutions on their way to the grave, but by individuals who are hot and fun and smart, inspired to do their own thing in a neighborhood where people care more about you than your outlet. No wonder the Jows are trying to kill it. And they're not doing it by their time-honored method of writing hit pieces or trying to get the founders canceled because it's impossible since there are no institutions involved to be manipulated. What they're doing is a far more insidious campaign where they are writing a bunch of pieces that actually celebrate Times Square, but in very corny terms. Terms so corny, they instinctively force anyone into disavowal. Terms that make it seem like what you're going to find in Dimes Square is nothing but a bunch of jows. than the dimes. There's also a little bit of times to dimes square. A little bit of the source of the pun, a little bit of the pit of the apple. 
Tonight's expose was recorded on the first pit stop of my trip when I was still grappling with the overall condition of New York, New York. I went out to catch up with Adam Lehrer, author of Communions and Safety Propaganda, friend and member of the FAA universe. We were joined by his friend, the artist Bradford Kessler, and his charming French lady friend. We started out at Clandestino for drinks. Then we moved over for dinner up the block at a nice restaurant called Time, where at long last, art critic Harry Tafoya finally makes an entrance, last seen on FAA in Laguna Beach. And after dinner, we bounced back to Clando for a bit, and then we ended the night in a seedy dive bar called Clockwork. I had the microphone on, simply because I had expected interesting things to be said. And they were. We schmoozed, we gossiped, we cracked wise on various topics. There was a little bit of gentle networking, a little talking shit, a little talking shop, a little gawking at dimes as they sashayed by. There were friends and characters floating in and out, carried by the currents of the Saturday night. But it wasn't until a month later on my second stop in New York and a few more nights like that, smaller scale, medium scale, same scale, that the meaning of this evening began to crystallize for me. More than any other metropolis of the Western world, New York disappears. It disappears and then it disappears again. Or say that it metamorphoses between disappearances so that every 75 years or so, another city bursts out. As if against nature. New shapes, new pursuits, new immigrants with their unfamiliar tongues and worries and uneasy bustle. New York will never leave town. It will never sink into a desert waste. Catapult us forward a thousand years, and we won't recognize the place, yet it is certain to be, uninterruptedly, New York. Populous, evolving, faithfully inconstant, magnetic, man-made, unnatural, the synthetic sublime. Those are the words of Cynthia Ozick. A novelist and a Jow, a literary Jow, and a Jew, a Jow Jew, Jew Jow, and from a time when Jew Jows were a major intellectual force in this city. She would understand Dimes Square as what she called a neighborhood of the mind, and therefore as an emblem of the deathlessness of New York. The mind, of course, in this case, are the minds of Red Scare, of Anna and of Dasha, of a bewildered and alienated but stubborn, witty, anarchically committed to not letting go of truth, love, and beauty kind of mind. But the neighborhood is still built from that same soil that knows how to grow into neighborhoods. New York is a place that is always inventing neighborhoods and, therefore, Neighbors, and therefore friends. No flower here is without a garden, no matter how ugly. No word without a sentence, no matter how obscure. No sentence without a paragraph, no matter how run on. No paragraph without a page, no matter how meaningless. When certain jokesters, let's not forget, could work nowhere else in these United States of America, there was a seller here 
that would stage them. I don't know Cynthia Ozick personally, but it is a fact that she is still alive at the age of 94, and I'm pretty sure she's in New York, and I'm going to take a wild guess that, though she probably doesn't know anything about Dime Square, she is not afraid. She is not afraid. That is my guess, that she herself is somehow consoled by the deep romantic breaths that constitute her many books and essays, and that she, in New York, is comforted right now by the neighborhood of her own mind. And every hour or so of this long non-narrative serenade through Dime Square, I will call an intermission to read a little bit from her beautiful essay, The Synthetic Sublime. But these are my words now, and my words are that the terrorists lost because they forced us to appreciate New York again. And Dime Square is the latest, the, the latest, the latest proof through the night. And thanks to the capitalist magic of this audio medium, all you have to do to spend a night there, an hour there, whenever you want, is put on some earphones and press play. 